Hey guys, today we are taking a deep dive into the world of a popular TikTok creator. I'm joined by my fellow raver Hira, who you guys may know as at Sunflower Raver online. Her vibrant personality and sense of fashion helped grow her a massive following both on Instagram and now on TikTok. As you'll hear in today's episode, Hira's story goes far deeper than what you guys see on the surface and I am truly in awe of her strength and positive outlook on life. I can't wait to share her story with you all today, so let's get into it. Hey guys, welcome back to Rave Culture Cast, your weekly guide to the EDM community, music festivals, and more. I'm your host, Emma Capotis. Happy Wednesday. Thank you all for being here. We have a fantastic episode and interview ahead of all of us today. But before we jump into things, I hope you all are doing well and enjoying your summer so far. How is it mid-July? Where is time going? I literally do not understand. (laughs) As crazy as the world is right now, I've been spending time at home, uh, getting outside if I can, and spending time with my immediate family because, of course, you know, we still have the pandemic going on and we are trying to do everything we can to reduce the spread of that because shit is popping off in other states. New Jersey's doing a little bit better, but we had some pretty strict restrictions from the get-go, so we've sort of like got things under control, but it, it's kind of crazy just to see what's happening in the world, so I hope you all are staying healthy out there and staying safe. Um, Before I jump into the episode, you guys, you know the drill. I would absolutely appreciate it if you guys could rate and review on iTunes. Do all the things. Like, subscribe, follow, uh, wherever you're listening from. You can watch the episodes on my YouTube channel, Emma Capotis. If you aren't subscribed already over there, go check that out. Um, And of course, you guys, screenshot and share today. Tag at Rave Culture Cast and at Emma Capotis in your stories. And I will always reshare those. So thank you all for doing that. Um, And lastly, tell a friend. Tell a friend. Spread the word. Come join the Facebook group. Uh, We have an incredible community over there. Tons of conversations happening and little sneak peeks for everybody that's in that group. So there will be a link in the bio if you guys want to join that. All right, first up, I want to do our listener of the week. So for those of you who are new here, at the top of every episode, I like to highlight one of our listeners or somebody that you guys want me to shout out that has made an impact on your life, is doing something good for the community, or is just an overall good character. You know what I mean? So I'm always looking for your nominations. You can DM me on Instagram or send an email to raveculturecast at gmail.com. That is raveculturecast at gmail.com. So this week, we've got a special one. Um, this one comes from Steffi. She wanted to shout out her friend at Astro Kitty Casey, otherwise known as Casey, um, who she said has been going through some tough times lately, but she is always thriving and spreading positivity around the world. I had to echo this. Casey is one of my friends. She is also a Lunchbox team member, so I get to work with her on a daily basis. She uh, runs our social media page. So if you guys ever see, um, if you follow Lunchbox on Instagram, it's Casey and I doing the majority of that. Casey is such a wonderful soul. I had the chance to meet her within these last few months, not actually in person, just online. Obviously, I haven't had the chance to meet her at a festival yet, which sucks, but one day it'll happen. Um, she is the most kind, genuine person, so lovely, always so happy. 
Um, she's incredibly helpful, especially as a coworker. Like she makes my job easier. She's always on top of things. And echoing what Steph said, she has been through a lot lately, just in her life. Um, and she just she deserves more than a shout out. So Casey, if you're listening, I hope this makes your day. Uh, you are truly a beautiful person. We are both very lucky to have you in our lives, and you know we adore you and we love you. So Casey. You are our listener of the week. Go give her a follow at Astro Kitty Casey on Instagram. And she's also on TikTok if you guys want to check her out over there. So speaking of TikTok. Oh, wait, I have one more thing to say. <laughs> I'm very excited to talk about TikTok. Can you guys tell? Um, upcoming submissions. We actually have a new topic that we are looking for submissions for. So um, I think I mentioned it in the last episode, but you guys can send your emails again to raveculturecast at gmail.com. Or if you're in the Facebook group, I pinned a thread and you can comment there as well. But, you know, we want some lengthier stories and these might be a little bit not suitable for work depending on what you guys share. So I'm looking for your craziest festival stories. It can be something that, I don't know, you've seen, you've done, you've been involved with, you were a part of, you've survived, whatever it is, the craziest shit that's happened to you, around you, you've witnessed I want to hear all about it. What happened? What were the circumstances? Like it can be literally about anything like festival or rave related, but your craziest stories. Don't hold back. I want to hear all of them. These are some of my favorite episodes to do when they're like completely based on your emails. Like you guys make this episode. So I want to get as many submissions as possible in. So please email me um, your stories. And if you want me to leave it anonymous, just let me know in there as well. But I'm very much looking forward to that. So get those in in the next uh, few weeks, you guys. All right, I am not going to waste any time. This is going to be a super quick intro today because I want to get right into the interview. Uh, Hira and I talk about a lot of things today, so we have a lot of ground to cover. As mentioned earlier, Hira goes by at Sunflower Raver on social media. And this is one of those cases that I became familiar with her because I just kept seeing her face everywhere like she she now has like very colorful hair she had blue hair I think her hair is pink now but at one point like she's on a lot of uh, different rave fashion brands pages the girl's absolutely flawless first of all but besides that you know she's beautiful on the inside and on the out but I had always seen her face and then I you know was a big TikTok user and there's a whole rave and EDM community now on TikTok and the more you follow these posts the more they show up on your feed so I kept seeing videos of her and her page at Sunflower Raver and I forget what it was she posted a video and I commented on it and she commented back and essentially was like oh I follow your stuff too which blew my that always blows my mind when anybody says that and I was like oh my god I'm fangirling she knows my videos and stuff and so we just started chatting and I was like I would love to interview you and just get to know you better because I feel like there's so much more than what I know of you online and that's just always so interesting to me and I was not wrong you guys are gonna hear it today there is so much that she has gone through as a young person I believe she's 21 now and things that she's dealt with that I've now come to find out about. Um, She's been very open about losing her boyfriend. So today we do touch on that a little bit and we talk about how to deal with loss and how to get yourself out of a really dark headspace, um, amongst other things. And, 
you guys will come to realize she is such a beautiful soul and she has so much to give the world both you know in her creative outlets and also just as a human being so I am so proud to have her as a part of this community and as a fellow raver and on top of that of course today's episode is all about TikTok so I do really appreciate all of the helpful tips she was able to share for any of you guys who are looking to gl- grow your platform. Um, she's going to give a ton of tips and advice on how she got to 188,000 followers on TikTok. Um, and we're just going to talk about social media and what it's like being a content creator, being an influencer, and kind of like some of the heaviness that comes with that and some misconceptions people have about it as well. And we talk about festivals, of course. Hello, this is a festival podcast. Um, so yeah, we cover all those things. She is based in the Pacific Northwest. So any of you guys listening who are from around there, we're going to talk about some festivals in that area, which is really fun. And I'm giving away all the spoilers. So go show her some love and support. Follow her on Instagram, TikTok, and she has a YouTube channel as well. So I will link to all of that at Sunflower Raver. Without further ado, let's get into the episode with Hira. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm so excited to chat with you and like genuinely just get to know you and like your story more. And then of course, like I have a couple things I would love to just like chat about and obviously talk about like you and what you're doing and the content that you put out. But yeah, so first of all, I would love just to do like a quick intro on you. So if you could just say like your name, where you're from, um, what you do, how old you are, all of the usual introduction. So I'm, my name is Hira. I'm known as Sunflower Raver across pretty much every single social media. Mm-hmm. At this the only reason why I got a Twitter is so no one would steal my ad. <laughs> nice, nice, <laughs> yeah. But um, I am Canadian. So I was born in Canada. I lived in the States for 10 years. And then my parents got divorced. And I moved back to Canada with my mom. Mm-hmm. And I grew up there for the majority of my life and went to university. And then mm-hmm. I moved back here down to Seattle uh, just last August, actually. So I've only been here for a little while now. And I live with my sister now and my dad's right down the street. And it's nice. That's basically what I've been doing. I've been raving for about four years now. So so I started when I turned 18. And when I first was like looking at the rave scene, because my sister went to a lot. She's the reason why I started raving. Okay. Just looked at it. I had like the most negative outlook on it. That's like, so funny. <laughs> ever. I was I would always make fun of my sister for it because I was like, you're only going to shows so you can like dress like all like show offy and like just get really <laughs> messed up and all of this. Like I was really mean about it to her. And she was like, That's so funny. You need to go and just yeah. try it. And I was like, I'm never going to a rave. And <laughs> my friend had an extra ticket. He's like, You need to come. Yeah. And we're gonna why's your sister there? And I'm like, I don't want to go. And he goes, we're going. Nice. And so we went and it was life in color in like 2016. Mm-hmm. At, like, Vancouver. And it was like the most fun night I've ever had in my entire life. And I was like, oh my God, I need to do this more. <laughs> but I apologized to my sister. I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, I was so mean to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. How much older is she than you? She's only two years older than me. So okay. Oh, I'm 21. Okay, yeah, yeah, I figured. <laughs> um, and so she's 23. She's turning 24 on Saturday. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's, I feel like Life in Color is definitely like the intro festival to people because mine was a lot, well, it was Daigle at the time and now it's Life in Color too. A lot of people that I've talked to are like, yeah, Life in Color was my first festival too. And I'm like, so weird. But I've like, I've traveled for them before. I've 
when was it? I went to the one in Miami in 2016, which like now knowing that it was such a small local festival. And my friend and I literally flew out there because they did a two day event and the lineup was so fucking stacked. It was like Jack U, Flosherdamus, Nightmare. Oh my God, who else? It was so good. We were like, we're, we're going to fly to Miami and go to Life in Color. Average age was 16 and 17 years old and we were like 25, but it was fine. <laughs> It's yeah. for everybody. That's the point. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's a good intro fest. Until maybe I'm like 35. Yeah, I feel you. Well, it it just kind of like changes. I mean, like, it's interesting. I feel like there are some festivals that, or like events just in general that are, are skewed a little bit younger, but then there's still just more and more coming out. And like, obviously after this situation is all over, we'll see. But I'm, I'm getting into like the realm where I want to start doing like the tomorrow lands and like the more expensive, like bigger scale festivals, I think. You need to go to Shambla. Yes. You need to go. Oh my God. I've never been to something. Like I went, uh, I wanted to go again this year and then it got canceled, but I went last year mm-hmm. and it was incredible. It rained the whole time. I really? Bag. Um, I took my shoes off at one point and danced in this pool of water that a lot of other people <laughs> it was, It was great. Um, yeah. Fanta- it was like one of the most fantastic and eye-opening festivals I've ever been to in my entire life mm. and for a good chunk of it I would leave my group and I'd just walk around by myself and I would just like enjoy the night and then I'd run into them at like different stations like hey how are you guys like, hey, where'd you come from I was like oh. I was like I actually don't know <laughs> yeah 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 just been around was that one of your first camping festivals or had you camped before I had camped before. My first camping festival was in 2018, and it was Paradiso. And before okay. that, I never camped for a festival. And then my second camping festival was Paradiso the next year, and then Base mm. Canyon, and then Shambhala. Okay. So I got some good, like, or wait, no, Shambhala was before Base Canyon. Okay. Yeah, because Shambhala was in the beginning of August last year. I had like a little bit of preparation for camping festivals before. Right, right. Shams, but throughout high school, I took this one course in grade 11 and 12, and it was called um, outdoor education. And oh. Camping like every other weekend. Like I camped in like negative degrees wow. in like a mountain, and then we'd go on like a 17 kilometer hike. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. So, yeah, oh I God. do. I love the outdoors. I love okay. Camping. I think it's really fun. I yep, yep. Like, glamping though because same I'm, I'm baby yeah same <laughs> wait that's so interesting okay did not think the conversation was going to go this way but this is why I love doing this so um because at one point I wanted to do an episode on like east coast first west coast festivals and like I was still planning to do it and I just felt like I couldn't do it justice because I'm east coast girl and I've only done festivals in Nevada I haven't even done like SoCal or anything or like the Pacific Northwest so how well, one, how, like, how do you feel about those festivals? Because you just named three that I've never done, Paradiso, Base Canyon, and Shambhala. Um, Paradiso was great until all the stuff that came out about USC. Yeah. Um, and so now that Insomniac kind of took it over with Beyond Wonderland, and hopefully that for mm-hmm. next year, I think um, it'll be great. You definitely need to go to the Gorge at some point in your life. Yes, yeah. Everyone, everyone tells you the same thing. It's the most beautiful venue on the face of the planet. Because right. It really is. Um general admission camping is fine I always do general admission because I braid hair at the festivals so oh, cool. I want everybody to be able to come find my tent mm-hmm. and if I'm like premier or gold camping or anything if someone's in GA they can't come get their hair done got I it camp in general admission just because it's easier for myself um and 
both Paradiso and Base Canyon are just like stunning. Mm-hmm. I think Base Canyon, if Excision wanted to add more stages, he totally could because sure. he has the three stage setup. Okay. Base Canyon is only a single stage setup, so it's a little bit smaller, mm-hmm. which is fine. like it's not a right. big deal. But you got space for more, so let's put some more. I want Use it. Base stage. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to die stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize there was only one. I had no idea. I mean, yeah, and like, obviously after this is all over, I feel like just the expansion of everything is going to be crazy because the demand is going to be there. So you would think maybe he'll expand that in the future. I would hope so. Yeah. I would hope so. Shambla, though, is a completely, it's completely different. Yeah. I, have no words for that festival that could accurately describe it. Like, it's <laughs> it's a dream if you've, like, really wanted to try something brand new and just throw yourself into it. I talked to, like, mm-hmm. maybe 15 people there who were like, yeah, this is my first festival. Wow, yeah. <laughs> You're going to Shambhala? <laughs> like, five days early to the yep. festival. And, you know, camp. I mean, the, the real, the music that really mm-hmm. happens like, on the lineup is for three days. It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but there's music going Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and right. right. We'll leave on Tuesday or Wednesday the next week. And they show up on like Monday, the previous week. And I'm like, Holy crap. Like, yep. Have you done any East coast festivals yet? Or mainly West? I haven't. The no, first yeah. East coast festival I was supposed to do was lost lands. Mm, okay. Like fully on the East coast. It's right. 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 Close. Yeah. <laughs> there and like same with edco but i haven't really done anything else that's all the way over there mm-hmm. is base coast on the east coast which one base coast is that oh i don't know i've never heard of that somebody suggested a festival to me on tiktok and they were like oh, this <laughs> festival you should come and i'm like i've never been to the east coast yeah yeah traveled over there for like um because i've been to a family over in greece so oh wow a few times that we've flown over We'd have like pit stops on the East Coast. I've only ever been to airports there. Okay. I've never actually traveled there because it, I don't know, I love my little West Coast. I know. No, but that's perfect because this is a good balance. And also like we have to unpack the fact that you're Greek, which I knew as soon as I heard your first and last name, it's <laughs> like, yep. You don't realize it because I'm very white. I <laughs> Greeks, my, if you look at my dad, you go, that man's Greek. Right, right olive undertone skin like he looks constantly looks tan I'm very jealous <laughs> that black hair great skin mm-hmm. like very Greek man he speaks Greek and he's like why don't you speak Greek I'm like I yep for like two years of my life dad like right just, right but my mom's like very very white and so uh, that's why I look more like her got it oh my god it's so cool I love that though my my family's the exact same way my dad's Greek and then my mom is Polish so she's just so white so like (laughs) it's just you can't even tell well eventually when you do get get over to the east coast I would recommend I mean I only did the one EDC Orlando and I loved it but I definitely would recommend Izu I think it's worth traveling to I know it's expensive but yeah I've seen a lot of people say Izu is really good and I'm like they've been stepping it up yeah I was also considering doing Forbidden Kingdom this year Mm. which I didn't end up going to because I was deciding on like two weeks before the festival happened and I'm right (laughs) I don't have any money for this (laughs) yeah I feel you so are you a little bit of more of like a bass head would you say or like who are some of your favorite artists okay I I love (laughs) some EDM music yeah to be quite honest um I do I love bass music so much I think it's great it gets me really hyped up 
but I also really like house music. Like if there is a house stage, I'm going to go to the house stage. Mm-hmm. Now, is one of my favorite artists ever. Okay. I also just love Lewis the Child. I don't know if it's Lewis mm. or the Child. I say Lewis because- I say Lewis too, yeah. <laughs> like he's, he's one of my all-time, or he, they're one of my all-time favorite artists for sure. But then like, I look at like Excision, I'm like, I love you. I'm like, mm-hmm. Teddy, and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> you know, 12th Planet is, I've seen him live like twice now. Mm-hmm. Chef's Kiss, absolutely so good. Yeah, like I love the bass music, but then I also love the house bass. And then there's like uh, bass house. Mm-hmm. Love I bass. define like Joyride as, and I love Joyride because yep. it's like good bass music. But I can also like if I try hard enough, I can shuffle to it for like ten seconds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a happy medium. Um, yeah, I'm like very similar to you with that. Like I just I love all of it, and it all serves its different purpose, and especially like in the context of a festival. Like, I don't think I've done too many one, like one genre festivals. Like I haven't done like a techno festival and I don't think I've done like an all like bass festival yet kind of ever after, but they even had like a really small house stage when I went to that. Um, I don't know. I just like, like a little bit of everything and having like the freedom to like go get your feels in when you want or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes I do want to go and listen to like seven lions and cry and then like headbang at the same time. (laughs) but then sometimes I just want to sit down and vibe and that's when I'll go to a trance stage Mm -hmm. it happens occasionally and like so for you since you've been doing this for like four years now like what's been the growth for you like in this community like did you start off slow and then got more into it or did you go to a bunch of shows in the beginning like what's that whole like growth been for you I definitely feel like I started off a little bit more slow than recently because when I first started off I was doing a show maybe like every three to six months ish Mm -hmm. and then by the time 2018 hit is when I started going to more shows more frequently Mm -hmm. and started doing shows as often as I could so not only going to like really big shows but I was going to a lot of smaller shows too just at the time I was living in Vancouver so I'd go to like clubs downtown that were having like EDM artists play like there was mm-hmm. one time where BTSM came and played at like a smaller venue nice. and it was the first time I saw it, I was like holy oh, shit <laughs> yeah, like, yeah maybe like 300 people in here and we're all just like sweating and like vibing <laughs> yeah it was great but then I would say more in 2019 is when I started going to things a lot more frequently than I had in the past mm-hmm. which was really fun because that's when 2019 is when I went to like a lot more bigger shows for like especially like just camping festivals in general and then on top of that smaller shows that I just really wanted to go and see so it was kind of a slower build-up and then it got a lot more like condensed (laughs) (laughs) trying to go to a show like every single month even if it's just a smaller show just Mm -hmm. so I could have something like fun that I could dress up for and like something fun that I could do because like always wanted I was bored I wanted to do a bunch of things <laughs> like, yeah, yeah I feel you do you have um like a, a group that you normally go with now or like what, your rave fam rave fam yeah the rave fam, um the main kind of group of people that I go to is uh my sister uh my boyfriend Nate who I dragged into raving and made him <laughs> fall in love with it because I took him to the gorge uh, he did wow. not like the first rave that I took him to at all. Mm-hmm. But when we went to the gorge, he was like, this is mint. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. 
my sister, Nate, uh, my friend, Michaela, and then sometimes my friend, Alana, she, she lives out on the Sunshine Coast in Canada along with my boyfriend, so sometimes it's harder for her to come to shows. Okay. But typically us, and then we have, uh, we're kind of like the Canadian rave fam. Okay. Kind of like up there, but then since me and the moved down here, uh, we have our like Seattle rave fam as well, mm-hmm. which has like, it's like my friend Joseph, Travis, and... Oh, I'm forgetting names. There's like two right. other guys in there as well. It's just they're all a bunch of really big buff dudes. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and they're terrifying, but they're so nice. Like yeah, yeah. a rave fam has definitely like grown quite a bit because before mm-hmm. I'd be going with like maybe like two other people. So now to have right. like we have maybe around like ten or so people that typically come to raves with all of us, which is That's awesome. Like, I mean, we've lost friends throughout, like, the past year, which is, like, normal. Yeah. You lose friends out of your rave fam, but we right, have right. a solid core still, which is really nice. That's like, awesome. We went to Paradiso last year with maybe, like, 25 people. Wow. <laughs> Overall. That's we were awesome. all separated in different campsites. Like, we had three right beside each other. And then, because Joseph and all of them, they didn't actually caravan in with us, but they mm-hmm. had a group of, like, 20 people themselves. And I was wow. Like, Eight. Yeah, okay. I always I always wonder about like the bigger rave fams. Yeah, because I feel like it depends. I mean, it's nice to have like a core group to go with, and that sounds like you've got people like wherever you're going to be at to go with and everything like that. So I I love that, and it seems like I don't know. I feel like it's it's good. I mean, you have your sister, which I think is awesome. Like that's really cool that you guys get to rave together. My little is like that. Like her brother. Um, we kind of like dragged him into shows a little bit like locally and then he did EDC with us this for the first time and then me him and her bought tickets to Electric Forest and we're just like holding those for next year so now we have like our little rave fam and I think it's so cute that her and her brother rave together because yeah raves together it stays together I took my mom and my grandma to their first rave. Oh my god! (laughs) 2018 it was incredible because um I'm going to get, like, really deep here for a okay. second. Um, after Mark had passed away, um, like, a month and a half later, I tried to kill myself, and I ended up going oh. into a uh, psych ward for, like, mm-hmm. a week and a half because they were like, oh, Yeah, no. You need this. And sure. right the day that I got out, Nikki Romero had a show at the Harbor Event Center in Vancouver. Okay. I want to go to this and my therapist was like you can't go unless you have supervision and I'm like okay can I bring my friends they're like no you need your mom there and at the time my wow. Patty was there too and my sister so I'm like do you guys all want to come to a rave with me and they're like sure <laughs> it was just like right on like my mom and like my my Patty like Patty had this like pink wig on and it was great and, wow like, that's so dope I, like such she's such a beauty she looked so <laughs> for like her age she's had like four kids absolutely stunning she's getting like hit on by all these boys <laughs> oh my god that's yeah, crazy it was great Aww. it was a really fun show yeah. but yeah I will I love dragging people to their first show even if they don't want to go oh my god well first off thank you for sharing that and for being open about that I, I think that's amazing that your family went with you and I I mean honestly like my mom's made comments before and I'm like I just got to figure out what the right event is to introduce yeah. her to like I honestly was like maybe I'll take her to a, a day of Izu I was thinking about that I feel like she could hang 
I'm curious about like the, I want to talk to you about a little bit about TikTok, but I'm also just curious in general about like your social platforms. Cause it's funny. Like I found your TikTok, but then I also found your Instagram and I realized like the rave community is like big, but it's really small because you just kind of like interact with the same people. And I remember I found your Instagram profile and I was like, I've seen you before. And I, it's probably been in like an I Heart raves image or something like that. Cause you kill it with the rave fashion game. So I was like, wait, I already know who this is. And then I found your TikTok, which is like a whole nother thing. So I'm curious about like your growth on social media as well. Like, is that something you've invested a lot of time in or is that something that's like taken off for you more recently? Like what's it been like for you there? It's kind of like, it's weird because I started my rave profile in, in 2018, but I didn't really post on it that much because, you know, I was like, you know, still going to shows and whatnot, but I wasn't like really taking it seriously. And then more towards the end of 2018 and the beginning of 2019 is when I was like really taking it seriously. And I was like, oh my God, I want to be like really like big on Instagram. Like I want to be like a brave person and do all these things. And so um, when I was sitting at like, I don't know, like a thousand followers, I like wanted to kickstart my profile. And so I actually Mm -hmm. bought like 2000 followers and then Instagram Mm -hmm. deleted them all. Ah, okay. I realized I'm like, this is maybe I shouldn't do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody wants to start a rape profile. Don't buy more. Instagram <laughs> <laughs> deletes them. And um, at that moment is when I started having started gaining a little bit more followers. So I was sitting around like four thousand, and I took it way too seriously. Like okay. I was like, I have to post all the time. Like I have to put together like all these amazing things and make them like so perfect and like completely like edited and like Instagram worthy and all these things. And it took me like, it was really bad on my mental health and it was really yeah. bad. I was with Nate at the time. It was really bad with our relationship in general. Mm-hmm. And then I would say in like April and May of 2019 is when I realized I shouldn't really take it this seriously mm-hmm. and it should be more of like a fun outlet. So it was kind of like this six month time frame where I was like, I have to be like perfect and take it seriously. And then right. why do I care so much? Sure. sure. What other people think and crafting like the perfect caption and making like all the photos like perfectly, like I don't really like care anymore. Yep. And I think that's what helped me use it more as like a hobby and as like an outlet rather than something that's just like, this mm-hmm. has to be my whole life, if right. that makes any sense. Because, yep. like, I still, I mean, I take it seriously now, like, with Instagram and everything. But at the same time, like, I'm using it more as a platform where I can, like, experiment with, like, an outfit or experiment with makeup or experiment mm-hmm. with my hair. And that's the biggest reason why I like to post so many different looks and like to put together so many outfits is because I'm like, well, if I can do this and then, like, put it together with, like, this kind of a makeup look, like, that's really cool. Right, right. It's um, it's kind of more of like an artistic kind of way for me to get stuff out there because I used to be really into art, and then after Mark died, I just all I drew was like a bunch of depressing shit. So like, yeah. yep. when I put on a rave outfit, it makes me feel happy, and then I can do my makeup in like happy way, and like mm-hmm. my hair like really cool. So it's like I see it more as an outlet, and then I really didn't start growing as quickly until after I had went to Faded in the Park in 2019, actually. Okay. It was time that I Heart Raves had reached out to me and they wanted me to do a takeover for both days of it, which actually fell through because there was a bunch of communication errors because Okay. There was another festival happening that weekend and then the Oh my god. It never happened. But um <laughs> that was like the first time that something did actually happen mm-hmm. that was kind of 
like, oh, like this would be like really, really fun to do. And then after mm-hmm. that, just kind of coupled on top of each other, like I was getting more offers from iHeart. I credit a lot of my success to iHeart Raves. Sure, sure. <laughs> I'm honest. If, I mean, but, they have a huge platform. So yeah. They do, yeah. Yep. And it's, it's definitely helped a lot to be able to work with them. Mm-hmm. And then by the time that you know, the end of 2019 hit and then the beginning of 2020 is when I really started to see a lot more growth on my Instagram. And that's when I realized like the reason why I'm growing is because I'm showing people that you can really take rave looks to something really creative. And even Mm -hmm. if it's something simple, you can still make it really like special and unique. Sure. Yep. Yeah. You're so creative though. I mean, like I was going to ask you if, if you have like a background in that or if that's like always been an interest because you just get so creative with the makeup looks and the hair and the outfit, like everything just comes together. It's, it's all, it's all the, I mean, you wanted to be an artist when I was a child. Like so yep. And my dad's like, be a lawyer. And I'm like, I can't be a lawyer. If I'm gonna be an artist, <laughs> I can't be too much. And he's like, that's why you'd make a great lawyer. And I'm like, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Love arguing, but I'd rather paint. <laughs> <laughs> yep very different I know completely different and so I it's definitely a lot to that and even with you know I would love to do more makeup tutorials on like how I do things but half the time I sit down and put on makeup I just look at myself in the mirror I'm like <laughs> these colors on something will work and then sometimes it works and sometimes it does like one of the last like Instagram stories I posted, I was like trying to do a makeup look and it just turned out like shit. <laughs> it looked so bad. You're so and funny. I was trying to do something like really soothing. and it didn't work. And I was just like, wow, like this I is- saw your photos and I was dying. <laughs> I've done that before too, though. Like so many times I'm like, fuck. Ugh. It's like yep. the the fun is in experimenting in it though. And then mm-hmm. with TikTok, um, Another reason why I got TikTok is because I didn't want anyone to take my at. Like, the same reason why I got Twitter is because I'm, like, <laughs> consistent across my social media platforms. Fair. Things I take seriously about social media is that, like, I at least want to have a consistent at. Mm-hmm. Because then it's easier for people to find me and everything. Yeah. yeah so I did that on TikTok. And then I didn't actually post any videos until, like, the end of January, beginning of February. Mm-hmm. And my first biggest struggle with TikTok is that they like immediately banned the first like five videos that I tried to post because oh I was showing too much of my body and I was like oh was so because I see people especially like younger girls dressed in like a lot more provocative stuff than like right as an adult right, so right right I find that's honestly the biggest struggle with TikTok is tiptoeing around like what you can wear as a rave girl on there without mm-hmm. being perpetually shadow banned which right. I find, especially recently, I've got a lot more hardcore shadow banned because I started posting about Black EDM artists, and I guess that's that. a bit TikTok's narrative, and so like, like, all got shadow banned, and I was like, really? It's so crazy. Okay, so when you, so for people who, like, might be listening who aren't into TikTok yet, like, when you say shadow banned, how do you know that you've been shadow banned? Is your account blocked? Does the video just get zero views? Like, what does that mean? Um, typically when you are shadow banned on TikTok, it's because you're posting content that doesn't necessarily completely violate their community guidelines, but mm-hmm. it's like right on the edge. And right, so right. it's not something that they want to show to a lot of people. So it, what will happen is that you won't appear on anybody's for you page 
or if you do appear on anybody's for you page, it's going to be like less than 5%. Mm. Um, it's typically like, that's what I've seen. And then on top sure. of that, like, I mean, it'll come up on your followers for you pages, right, which might right. be where you're getting those for you page views, but it's not going to be to a wider audience. Yes. So you'll get shadow banned for a multitude of reasons. If you're posting too provocatively, if you're talking about controversial topics, which like mm-hmm. the Black Lives Matter movement was a very big controversial topic yeah. on TikTok. Like they had banned the hashtag themselves, which was, they uh, it, it's still a problem on there. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll get shadow banned if you're using copyrighted music on there that isn't from the app, which is yep. really, really iffy. Um, you can get shadow banned if like your video just isn't a good video. Right. Like, right. You're shooting something that's like completely in the dark, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, you can hardly, like, see your face or, like, the quality isn't good. It might yeah. get shot because it's not a good quality video. And TikTok wants to push out the good quality content that's, mm-hmm. like, right, like, it's funny or it's entertaining or it's something really important and something really cool. Like, they want to push out content that brings people into the app to keep watching for hours. Mm-hmm. That's what the algorithm wants to do. So if you're putting out something that people can't scroll through and watch for hours then it will most likely get shadow banned. Mm. Um, But then there's also the case where, like, when you first post a video to TikTok, you'll go on the For You page of, like, 100 or so people, and if you're not shadow banned. Yeah. (laughs) So you'll go on the For You page, and the video will pop up for them, and when they watch it, if there's a good enough interaction on it in those first 100 people, the video gets pushed out to more people. Mm. And then the interaction with that group of people gets pushed out to more and more and more. Right, right you're posting like a really funny like five second video then you know within 10 minutes your video could potentially have like hundreds of thousands of views with how quickly it gets pushed out right okay that makes sense the interaction and the engagement with your post so it's a struggle it's so I mean I literally have so many things to talk to you about this because it's like I can't figure it out I don't know it's just one of those algorithms that it's just tricky. Like I, I kind of am getting the hang of it now, but like, I mean, with you and your content, you, you post so much. And like the main things I've heard about is like posting a certain amount of times per day. And then I've also heard things like keeping more niche content is better for you and having like more narrow of a focus. So it can like categorize like what your channel, like what your feed is going to be about. And then I've also heard things about, um, they obviously value you creating the video in TikTok versus uploading it because they treat it as like a foreign video and it has like more check marks to go through, which I heard about. So now I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to try not to upload as many like festival videos and I'm going to try and create original content in it more often. But what, what is your content all about? What would somebody find on your feed and what are you like enjoying the most about creating TikToks? I would say, I mean, raving is a niche in itself. Mm -hmm. So if you're posting rave content, you're already within that niche, which is something like, especially like for someone like you and me, Mm -hmm. it's really easy to already, you're already in a niche. So you're already there. Like if people look up rave or festival or EDM, Mm -hmm. you're already within that niche. So you're set on that aspect. Like if anybody wants to be posting, you know, rave stuff on a TikTok, like that's a niche in itself. Yep. And within the rave niche, mm-hmm. there's like, you know, sub niches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take a shot every time I say niche. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, we have makeup, outfits, um, funny content, like mm-hmm. on suggestions, and even just 
you know, weird random shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, like, the weirdest thing that I've ever posted on my TikTok was when I first started. It was, like, what I eat for breakfast. Right, right, yep. <laughs> it's pretty easy to find your niche when you're already in one. And then mm-hmm. when you're, when I, what I found that I like the most when I create content is when I do voiceovers of sounds from, people really like the Adventure Time ones. Um, yeah. I think Adventure Time is just, like, so nostalgic and people <laughs> really cute but then I'm like but it sounds like something I would say at a rave (laughs) exactly exactly you can can twist the words into being at a rave and I figured out how to do that really good because Mm -hmm. um the TikToks I watch are not EDM TikToks at all which is oh wow interesting I don't watch any well I do because the people I follow are like EDM people but like on my for you page it's a lot of those like POV TikToks ah okay a lot of inspiration from to do like voiceovers from things because seeing how they're kids they're like 13 maybe sure. 17 kind of age range and they manipulate sounds to fit a narrative mm. and I think that's something that you really if you're going on to TikTok that's a really big thing on it is using a sound for your own personal narrative right Whether it's like you're using the words exactly how they are or you're kind of tweaking them just a little bit mm-hmm. so that you know, in the text that you put up on the screen, it matches more with the story that you're telling, but you still have that sound in the background. Right, right. I find just putting, like, if I'm putting just, like, a song over a video, it's going to be for, like, an outfit video or, like, Mm -hmm. you know, a makeup kind of thing or whatever. But the biggest thing is, like, if you're posting a longer video is you want to keep people engaged the entire time. Mm -hmm. So, posting a video I would personally say if it's longer than like 10 seconds because if it's under 10 seconds it goes by really quickly sure you can sure. hold someone's attention for less than 10 seconds right <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's yeah. not super hard but after that you want to keep them engaged so I find doing like quicker cuts is really mm-hmm. helpful I try not to leave like a scene is the best word I can describe it for, okay. for a TikTok video for like longer than two and a half seconds if I can manage to do that Wow, okay. those quick cuts in between like people are like oh it changed and then you're watching the next two seconds and you're like oh it changed again mm-hmm. so it's easier to keep somebody's attention when you're doing that right. rather than just having like an entire like you know straight on video like they want to have a little bit of each like if I'm doing a makeup mm-hmm. video showing you the process like I'm not going to show you me blending the eyeshadow for yeah, like yeah. 10 seconds I mean blending eyeshadow can take like a minute sometimes so I'm going to show them, like two maybe one and a half seconds of that and then step really quickly right 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 so it keeps people engaged the entire time so I try really not to post super long form stuff on there Mm -hmm. if I can um sometimes my videos will be longer but um I want to try to I always try to keep things like 30 seconds or less (laughs) no that's smart it is like it's definitely one of those features of TikTok because you got to imagine it, like you're nailing it. Like people are just swiping so often and there's like an endless yeah. amount of content on TikTok. So it's it's even more so about that than YouTube because it's just a completely different beast and people's attention span yeah. purposely going on there is so quick. So that's like a really good point about doing that. And I, I like what you talked about doing the narratives because I think it's just different and it's something that's more like unique to you. And it's fun to like throw in some of the other videos, but- I think the narrative is just like a really fun way to go about it. And obviously staying on top of like trends and different things that like, yeah. 
sounds that get like popular and things like that. But the, the issue with longer TikToks too, because I, I had a couple for a while that I was trying to like hit the minute mark. And then if you are trying to overlay a song, there's almost no songs on there that are 60 mm-hmm. seconds, which is the most painful thing. Uh, yeah, it's like the most annoying thing. And even 30 seconds is hard to find. So now I'm getting into that pattern too. Then I'm like, Emma, just start recording 15 seconds or under because you're not even going to have music <laughs> to overlay over it. And it's easier with the 15 seconds or less because then, you know, you don't have to worry about like a really big idea. It's just a really small idea that you have to focus on, mm-hmm. which is really nice. Like you don't really need to post like a minute long video unless it's something that's like super, super important. Like if you're doing a story time on TikTok, it should yeah. definitely be a minute long because you can't fit a good story time in 15 seconds or less. Right. Yeah. It has to be a longer format. So I find that even like with the trends, I always try to look at them and be like, okay, like how can I make that more rave related mm-hmm. in itself? Like sometimes one of the like POV trends that I saw was people, um, that one, oh, that one song where it's like, I'm a bitch, I'm a boss. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and being like, you're sorted into like a deck of cards house. It was the stupidest thing. Like, <laughs> But it was always interesting, and it was weird because I always watched them because I thought it was so cool. Yeah. Um, do their makeup and like their outfit to like fit like the Spades house, and just like kids are so weird, but I love it. <laughs> um, but I was like, I can make that rave by doing like a rave outfit generator with that song, you know? Mm-hmm. And it it worked. It actually like did pretty well because it was like I'm right. on the trend, but I am also I'm using a popular sound. I'm on trend, but I made it fit my own niche. Yeah. That's a great way to think about it. And what's your process like in general? Cause I mean, you just churn out content, which is like awesome to see. I'm like, you're up freaking on your game, but how do you, how do you shoot everything? Is it in a day and you chop it up? What's your process like? Typically what I do, I'm just going to bring you through my daily routine. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so I try to get up at 8 a.m. every day. I have a coffee or a tea and I relax and then I start, I'll put on like my makeup. Um, if I'm doing a lot of TikToks in that day, I'll do something like really simple, just like winged eyeliner and like mm-hmm. some like eyelashes or whatever. Yeah. And I'll here. And then after that, I eat, which I usually have a protein shake and like a banana and like some nuts in the morning because like I mean, I'm not really that hungry in the mornings. And yeah. And like protein shake is just like so filling. It's yep. great. Um, I love it. And then after that, I'll get ready and I'll make like. I try to make like around like four TikToks or so a day. Mm-hmm. And then after that, um, if I do end up doing like a look that I'm also using for my Instagram, then I will try to also take some pictures during that time as well. Mm-hmm. And then I'll have lunch. And then after that, like I'll edit my photos and I'll edit like the TikToks a little bit more like if I need to add text or if I want to add like an effect on it. Mm-hmm. And then I'll usually try to post one. I try to post a TikTok um around like 1 to 3 p.m and then usually run around like 5 p.m every single day so I, mm-hmm. I try to post two a day and then after that um I just relax some more sometimes <laughs> I'll clean and then I'll eat some food and then I'll do my workout and then I have my like post-workout meal and then I'll go to bed nice <laughs> and nice like, rinse and repeat so yeah. I try to um the the one thing with TikTok is that, like, if you look up, like, best times to post on TikTok, it'll give you best times to post, like, throughout the week, mm-hmm. and I don't listen to that at all, because if you have a TikTok account, you can switch it to a pro account, and you can look right. at your analytics, and you can see when your followers are the most active throughout the day, so my followers are most active between, like, 1 to 5 p.m.-ish, okay. sometimes, 
like sometimes it's like 12 p.m to like 8 p.m like it it varies yeah yeah always try to post on the hour where I have the most amount of my followers on there because if I am shadow banned then at least I have like you know 10,000 people on during this time who can see my video at least or you know potentially more if it's at like a better time so I always look at my analytics for when I should be posting a video because online that's just like the general consensus like that's Mm -hmm. combining times between like the USA like North America in general like yep. in both time zones too. Like they don't separate yep. the time zones. And then also like on the other side of the world where you have like India and like China, like it's all of those times combined, mm-hmm. which is like, that's when the majority of users are going to be on. Yes, but it may not be the best time for you to post personally yep. because your time zone's completely different. And that's not when your audience itself is on the platform. Sure, sure. I'm always trying to post when my audience is on because those are the people that follow me and those are the people that I'm trying to appeal to the most. Like, right. Porn, like, new followers are great. Like, fantastic. Well, <laughs> my fam. Like, it's yeah. great. But like, you know, I'm posting for the people who are following me and more people end up seeing it than great. But like, yeah. It's like, do you, do you think of things like, like, are you thinking of things day of or do you like, what, do you have a planner or something like that to think of things ahead or? depends yeah sometimes I I try to keep like a note on my phone of just like different ideas that I can run through um and then other times I like after I finish like getting ready I'll I'll watch like just some TikToks and like I'll go on a trending page and I'll like see what's trending or like I'll see what the people I'm following are doing and like if I can do something like that as well so it's it's a little bit all over the place um if I can't make four TikToks in a day, then I won't. Like yesterday, I only made one, and I was like, well, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how content sort of like kind of goes. Yeah, like sometimes I won't post. I didn't post on TikTok for like two days in a row because I was too lazy to make stuff, <laughs> and I knew I was shadow banned. So I'm like, I just won't post for a little while. Like, sure, it's, sure. It's, it's not the worst thing because one of the other great things about TikTok is that all your previous videos are still being cycled through the for you page, and they're all still going to grow views whether it's really slow or it's really quickly mm-hmm. so yeah. you're able to build up a lot of content like I would even say like when you have like around maybe like 15 videos on there like they're still going to get cycled through so even if you mm-hmm. miss a day or something that you're posting it's not the biggest deal right like, like one thing that I've been trying to like slowly teach myself is that I really shouldn't be taking social media that seriously like I don't have to post every other day on mm-hmm. like Instagram or whatever or, like I've taken breaks off of Instagram where I don't post for like a month and I'm just like, oh, well. Right. I feel the same. I feel the same as you. It is hard because I, there is a part of you that like, I mean, one, like we're both creative people. So like there is that drive to do things like that. And it is like such a fun way. And then if you enjoy consuming the content, there's just like something exciting about that. But there is also this like momentum that builds up because you do just get into like a routine of things. So sometimes like when you, post so much and then cut it off it's just like a weird thing to get used to to, but I'm the same as you and TikTok's just interesting because it's still it's gonna get to the point where it's like one of the most popular apps and there are so many people on it but there still is that like sweet spot right now where you can grow so quickly and I'm sure you've seen that like your your feed is like completely shot up so even if you take a few days off like one of your things can go viral and you'll wake up the next morning with like a thousand or so new followers which is crazy It's, it's super crazy. TikTok, I think what makes it so appealing is that 
you have the chance to go viral at any point, mm -hmm. which is really interesting. I think that's why it draws in so many people because a lot of people go on there and they're like, oh, I want to go viral. Like, I want to be like an influencer and all of these things because they're like, oh, it's like really easy. And like, yeah. <laughs> that, like, yeah, you, no. do, you have to basically shit content out every single day mm -hmm. but it has to be good content and like and uh, another thing is that like if you're doing that just to go viral then like mm -hmm. really the best way to go about it like yep it's important to take breaks from social media so uh, why I always try to take maybe like you know one to four TikToks every day so that if I do end up taking a day off, mm -hmm. I can still post content on my day off. Like right. I don't have to do anything. Like I don't put on a new makeup look every single day of my life. Like mm -hmm. the, I will go like sometimes three days just sitting in my bed. Right, right. <laughs> because I don't feel like getting up and doing things and it's important to take those breaks, but having like backup content's really nice. Mm -hmm. I find so even like with my like Instagram stuff, I have like four different looks that I've put together over the past month mm -hmm. that I can still post right that no one's seen yet because I planned it so far in advance that like right now like you know I haven't put together a look specifically for Instagram maybe in like two weeks sure because I've already planned it out so right. it's if I take that little two-week break because I don't need to worry about it mm -hmm. feel like yeah that's nice to have yeah and I, I maybe some people think it's like false advertising because it's not the day of but oh okay. no not at all I don't think so yeah and like you, you, you have to be that way because like you said like there has like your mental health you have to take care of that and like it is a lot of work and you nailed that with saying like it's not easy and a lot of the videos that do go viral like the, the funny things I see or just like crazy shit that just happens to happen to you and that goes viral like those t types of people I wonder what they're going to do with their content because you have something hit a million views but like it was a fluke kind of thing like now you got to build up the rest of your channel and like keep the momentum going but I'm also curious like the timing of everything is just what made TikTok what it is at this point I think because it hit the sweet spot of like a literal pandemic happening and all people have to do mm -hmm. is yeah, it's like, would this, I mean, obviously it was like exploding anyway, but like, I just think this just sent it over the edge because what do people have to do? And then so many people like me who were like, I'm never fucking downloading TikTok. All yeah. of a sudden we were like, all right, maybe I am. <laughs> You're like, maybe I should, because you get so bored that it's like, yeah, that's the only thing that you can really focus on, you know, which is like nice and all, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, sometimes like, social media is I think is great to have as an outlet but especially like for someone like as myself like I've struggled with mental health issues like my entire life mm -hmm. it's like I also need to have that break in between it right and just chill for a little bit you know and like yeah. not have to worry about social media as much and I find especially like in this day and age like everybody has the opportunity and the chance to go completely like viral and you know become mm -hmm. somebody with a lot of followers and I feel like a lot of people take that into an obsession yeah which is something that like I almost went through and I'm glad mm -hmm. that I didn't because it kind of like knocked me in the face like oh I don't need that right and right what I feel like a lot of people who don't understand like on TikTok like that's like sometimes the first time that they've actually had like a lot of followers on there mm -hmm. and they don't know how to act because they're like wow like you know, 40,000 people follow me. Like, that's crazy. Right, right. I've never had that many people, like, be interested in my life and be able to see that number of people being interested in me mm -hmm. that 
um, they don't realize like the impact that they have on other people sure. or things that they say and mm-hmm. how like hurtful it can be. Yeah. You know, like yep. when me and Nate were going through some stuff, I like made an Instagram post about him and he got like a lot of uh, hate. Just it was yeah. really bad. And I ended up like deleting the post because I realized I was like, I didn't, I only had like 4,000 followers on Instagram at the time, but I was like, that's crazy that I had that much of an influence on people that they were sending him such hateful things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the roles kind of like, it happened to me in like February of this year and I got like completely bullied on TikTok um, by another rape TikToker. And then I got sent, like, hate mail from her fault because she had, like, 50,000 followers. And people were sending me death threats on, like, my Instagram. And I was, like, and, you know, looking into her, like, she she never had a lot of followers on Instagram before, like, or any other platform. But TikTok is where, like, she first had a lot of followers. So I'm, like, well, she was probably kind of in my position where she didn't realize that what she says, people take very seriously. Right, right act on what you say and I was just like this is well one thing I will say for sure is like it's a maturity level thing because TikTok's audience is so young and like people really are so dumb and like honestly hats off to you for being 21 because even at your age like it's just, I, I literally could not imagine having this platform when I was 21 years old. Like I was n- nowhere near, like, I didn't know who I was. I wasn't nearly as confident as I, n- I am now and stuff like that. So like some of the hate I get like on YouTube or other things, which luckily we're in this community that like, it's pretty good. But yeah, like, but I, there have been some times where I'm like, Jesus Christ, if I wasn't like in the headspace of like a 29 year old woman, I would probably like have a literal meltdown <laughs> about yeah. like who I am, but it is, it's fucking, it's crazy. I have. Yeah. I don't show it, but it, it happens sometimes where I just kind of like, when I was first getting all that like hate mail and stuff, I was like depressed for literally a week. Like, yeah, I don't blame you. Nastiest things. And I've never received that kind of amount of hate before. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes like, I'll receive, I call it hate. It's not really hate. It's just a bunch of like nice guys saying I look like a slut. I'm <laughs> just like, I don't care. <laughs> you know, thanks. Um, yeah. Maybe I am. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. feel, um, I feel like, like for myself personally, I grew up a lot faster than I should have mm-hmm. uh, where I am now. Like um, with everything that's like happened in my life, I'm, I'm 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm clinically depressed. Yeah, uh, sometimes I have anxiety, but it, that's not diagnosed. So I don't tell people I have anxiety. It's just I find it plays off of my depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got divorced parents. I lived in two different countries. Um, I dropped out of university mm-hmm. uh, because of my mental health. I've had like two suicide attempts. I got a dead boyfriend, and I got sued. Like, sure, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's a fu- that's super heavy for somebody to go through. And honestly, like, you're such a strong person. And even just from talking to you now, and like knowing what little I know about you, like, just from the outside looking in, I think you're an incredible person. And like, I think you have a really cool platform. And I've really like even just seeing you speak out on certain issues. Like, I feel like you you're really well spoken, and I I can clearly like see what you stand for. So you literally fuck all the haters <laughs> like anything like that and just keeping keeping yourself everybody has their shit everybody goes through something but honestly I'm happy that you're here and I'm so happy that we're speaking today and you you've got nowhere to go but up seriously like I can already tell from your work ethic you're just gonna keep keep going so 
I got work ethic, but not like school work ethic. <laughs> the biggest reason why I don't have school work ethic is I, I, I play rugby. I still do. I was going to join oh, a team. Wow. Coronavirus hit. I've been playing for 10 years. That's so um, cool. Literally why I went to university is so I could play rugby with my university team. I, I really want to go back to school and get a degree in something. Mm -hmm. But when I was trying to like study, when I was first going back, like after Mark had passed away, like I was already like fucking depressed, but like it, it hurt my head to study. Yeah. Like it gave me headaches. And I, I didn't realize it was because of the concussion that I had, but it was because mm -hmm. of my concussion. Like I couldn't focus on anything. Sure. And I, I'm like, I'm maybe I'm better enough now to do it, but I don't know. <laughs> like, oh my God. No. And like, honestly, like i I'm trying not to sound like an old woman right now, but like literally you have so much life to live and you have no idea. Like you could easily go back to school at any point. And at this point, like given the way everything's going in the United States, like I just don't know if traditional education will be the way it is. And there's so many other ways to like make a living. And especially like with what you're doing now where you can make one of your hobbies, like a hustle at the same time, like you can o literally always go back to school. It might just be in a different form. You never, know. I went to like night classes. I think it was like a year and a half ago. And I was the type of person I did a four year, four years in college as like a graphic designer. And I was like, I'm never fucking doing school again. I have no desire. I'm not going to master's like, fuck no. And then all of a sudden when I was 27, I was like, maybe I'll go back to night school and then did a semester out of nowhere for no reason. So you never know if that will happen for you later in life too. It's still me kind of deciding like what I do want to do because like, mm -hmm. I mean, it would be great if all of like my social medias just like took off and I could just focus that as like my sole income. Sure. It would be fantastic because then I could work at home and I could really just like, you know, do what I want. Like, yeah, sure. without like having like a boss or anything. Like, I, I have a job right now, not because I can't work with coronavirus, but I'm a barista yeah. right okay. now. And it's great. I love my job so much. But yeah. like, if I could be able to have something that was, that I was like really passionate about, the things I would go back to school for would be those things. Like mm -hmm. I'd love to go to makeup school. I'd love to go to hair school. I'd love to go to school for writing. And another part of me is like, be an electrician. <laughs> <laughs> I have no passion for a light bulb. <laughs> like it pays well. And I'm yep. just like, you know, social media always concerns me too. Cause I'm like, there's always going to be a time, like you're not going to have like, you know, you look at like really big people, like for example, mm -hmm. like Anna Mojo, like she's not going to have that platform for the rest of her life. Right. It's right. Going to be a time where she loses it and it's not as influential as she used to be. So it's like, what do you do when you get to that point where it's like, maybe you didn't save your money properly. And then what do you do at that point? Like mm -hmm. you have no social skills for the real world, real world jobs. Right. Like, yeah. You know, she great. like, people like that we can chat offline too but I think like certain instances like if they're smart enough which like I know that Tana obviously on the outside looks like a hot ass mess but like homegirl got where she got for a reason so like those types yeah. of people will like yes I don't think she'll have like her YouTube channel because I think she'll age out of like her shtick eventually but she'll go into some sort of business or production or whoever knows what the fuck but people like that will figure it out for sure, like, if you're, like, gonna build your own brand off your platform and live off of that brand, then fantastic, yep. like, that's a great way to go about it, but a lot of people don't do that, mm -hmm. and so, and I'm just concerned that I'm gonna be part of those, like, a lot of people, because, like, I mean, I can't rape, I could rape forever, actually. <laughs> you never know, well, it'll be interesting, well, I, I did want to ask you, too, before, like, I let you go here, like, 
So obviously given the current situation, like we, we might not see festivals for a little bit, a while, but like, what are you the most excited about right now? And like, what are you trying to focus on in the next like few months? Right now I'm the most excited. I bought a bunch of stuff from a bunch of small brands. And so I'm just really excited to put things together with those like small brands that I got. It was one of my goals this year was to buy more products from smaller rave brands sure. and post about them more than just like stuff from like iHeartRaves. I'm like, I need to, I have a platform, so I should show people we should support these people too. They're doing mm-hmm. amazing work. And so that's what I'm the most excited about right now. In the next coming months, I would say I'm like the most excited about hopefully getting back to work, um, yeah. which is really, you know, I never think I'd miss work, but I do. <laughs> Yeah, the chocolate coffee shop. I just eat chocolate all day. Like, oh wow, that's so nice. it's, it's amazing. Um, <laughs> I'm really excited for that, and like, I don't know. I'm I'm excited right now because since I don't really have any work to do, I can focus on the things that I am passionate about, mm-hmm. which kind of like it makes me oddly excited because I bought a bunch of watercolors, and watercoloring oh. is like my favorite type to do. And that's something that I haven't been able to do for like a year and a half. Like I was watercoloring like before Mark passed and Mm -hmm. I haven't been able to since. And so it kind of makes me excited that like now I've had this time to like just really like reflect on myself and Mm -hmm. like become more content. And so now I can maybe like focus on doing that again. And it brings me a lot of joy. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm just creating, creating more things. And like, it's exciting. I'm excited. I got, I have. I have one really exciting piece of news, oh my but God. I can't share it. <laughs> <laughs> but if anybody was like listening and they're like, oh my God, like, what is it? Um, it should be coming out like soon. Yay. I'm finalizing a few things. I have. Okay. Yeah. But it's exciting. Very cool. Very exciting stuff. I'm I'm so excited for you and seriously like this is so great chatting with you and I like honestly I think everything happens for a reason I think the timing of this is very interesting and it's allowing us to like kind of explore some other areas and I'm in the headspace that like I was super upset about like not having festivals and raves and I was like what the fuck am I gonna do and honestly I think when those things come back whenever they do it's just gonna like explode even more so it's kind of nice just to have like time to experiment with our platforms and stuff but I am looking forward to more TikToks from you and watercolors and all of the things <laughs> content from you you're definitely like one of my favorite people that I've been subscribed to oh. for the past little while it's just like I love seeing your videos come up and make me Thank very you happy so much. well where can plug your um social media channels where can everyone find you Plugging. Okay, I do have a YouTube. I don't post on there a lot. It's like once a month <laughs> now. Um, but YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter are all at Sunflower Raver. Um, the Instagram's a lot more serious. Instagram stories are a lot of stupid shit that I will post. It's <laughs> great. Um, and then TikTok, I have some like uh, trash content, but good trash content on there. Um, but also like funny stuff and then Twitter I mostly retweet stuff I don't post a lot of stuff on there (laughs) yes but go go follow go support show her some love uh and you guys just hang tight I'll be back in a few minutes here with my EDM news and my songs of the week wow you guys what an absolute gem I feel so good 
after recording that episode. It was so lovely getting to know her. And again, just reminds me why I love doing this and why I love being a part of this community. Like we covered so many more things than I even thought we would get into. And it just was really incredible hearing about Hira, not only as a creator, but as a person. And she she's just so open and honest about her experiences and what she's going through. And I feel like that shows such an intense maturity level for someone of her age. And I just felt like I learned from her and I got really great advice from her and it was just really amazing hearing her story and I feel very lucky that I got to use this platform to share that with all of you today. So I hope you discovered somebody new from this and found somebody new to follow. Um, Couldn't be a better example than her. So definitely go show some love and support at Sunflower Raver and tell her we sent you from Rave Culture Cast. And yeah, I, I, she has a very bright future ahead of her. I already know she does and she's growing like crazy. So I can't wait to see what else she does with her platform. And I really am excited to meet her in the future at a festival, hopefully on the Pacific Northwest because I still have not gotten out there and it needs to happen. So <laughs> that will happen at some point. So right now we are going to jump into EDM news. I have quite a bit to cover and then my songs of the week recommendations and then we're wrapping this thing up folks. So let's get into EDM news. All right I'm just gonna start out with the biggest news and just rip this one off like a band-aid because It's actually very interesting just to give you some behind the scenes. So for last week's episode, I spoke a little bit about the allegations about against Space Jesus and 20, maybe 30 minutes after I finished the recording and wrapped things up for the day, Bass Nectar dropped his um, tweet basically saying that he is stepping away from his foundation and his career in music and the platform that he has. And so I'm going to read that tweet from you and we're going to get into what's been going on with uh, the allegations against Bass Nectar because this is a huge story in the EDM community right now. And obviously, as a lot of you know, you might be a fan, might have been a fan. He has a massive fan base, a massive following. So this is going to be a little tough for some people to hear, I'm sure. But, um, you know, I want to empathize with all involved in this situation. So I'm going to read the tweet First, um, this came out on, it was July 3rd when he posted this. So he wrote, I am stepping back from my career and I am stepping down from my position of power and privilege in this community because I want to take responsibility and accountability. I feel intense compassion for anyone I may have hurt. I truly hope you allow me a chance to work together towards healing. The rumors you are hearing are untrue, but I realize some of my past actions have caused pain and I am deeply sorry. I am handing off our nonprofit Be Interactive to a, to a diverse team to continue without my involvement moving forward. Sometime in the future, I may share more thoughts on these matters, but for now, please take care of each other and I wish you all the brightest future. So, conflicting statements in his statement, I would say, like from reading all of the posts after and all the comments on it, I'm going to get into the allegations in a second. What I took away from this is I was confused because for someone of his stature and his like level in his career to say I'm stepping back from my career and like basically out of the spotlight indefinitely we don't know we're going to hear from you again and then to also say in that same sentence the rumors about you are untrue but you have caused pain to people and you're deeply sorry for things like that just is so conflicting to me. 
like period, because at the end of the day, you would not take a step away from your career if these are false. You would be suing people for false accusations and things like that. Like if you are completely innocent, I don't think you'd be giving everything up. I think you'd be fighting it like tooth and nail here and sticking by yourself if you were fully truthful. So something about him stepping back from his career is telling me like there, there's got to be some level of guilt here, at least some repetitive behavior that's been predatory in the past so I'm gonna get into the allegations so this is from a Rolling Stones article um, basically says uh, Bass Nectar announced he is stepping back from his music career and after numerous allegations of sexual misconduct sorry guys I can't talk it's really hot in this room there's no air conditioning on right now Sexual misconduct against him surfaced on social media. The producer, real name Lauren Ashton, also promised to step down from his initiative following the allegations. Um, so this statement arrived less than a week after an Instagram account called Evidence Against Base Nectar began reposting social media accounts that have accused Ashton of sexual misconduct and grooming young female fans, allegations that were backed by some of Ashton's past female collaborators, your EDM reported. Um, and then he came, obviously came out with this statement. And so since then, the account evidence against Space Nectar, there's a whole like list of things. Again, a lot of the same questionable behavior, shitty scenarios, repeated patterns of predatory behavior and grooming of young underage women um, over and over again, like the same stories being told from all different types of people. So when you have like that kind of corroboration, um, clearly something has gone wrong and he's made choices in his life that have led up until this position. And then I think it went even a step further because then there were um, there were audio clips of him speaking to some of the victims that surfaced as well. And some people felt like it wasn't enough evidence, but basically he did admit to having a sexual relationship with underage women. I believe they were 17 years old at the time. So there is some level clearly of guilt here and things that he's done um, that maybe he deserves to take a step back from his platform. Again, I said this about Space Jesus last week and I'll say it again. No artist should be up on a pedestal so high that you just like worship their every move. Like they're a flawed human being at the end of the day. They make mistakes. They make decisions that will affect their career. And you can't turn a blind eye to things just because you're a fan. Like you definitely need to read all of the stories, all of the evidence, everything for yourself and make an educated decision from there. You can't just blindly follow someone. Um, so I just wanted to, to repeat that again. I know fans of Base Next are base nectar are absolutely heartbroken but I think we just really need to think about the actual people who were affected by this and by his decisions at the end of the day um some positive things that came out of here there were some artists that were definitely stepping up and trying to um be a positive influence in this situation so one of those artists was peekaboo he tweeted in light of recent events i will be donating 100 percent of my pro proceeds from illusion and disrupt the system to various charities assisting victims of sexual assault i stand in solidarity with all of the victims and hope they all find healing and closure it's time for all the male DJs in the scene to hold each other accountable and do whatever we can to make this a safe and inclusive space for everyone. Retweet. 
Flux Pavilion also came forward and tweeted this as well. He said, I had a few tweets following the fall of Bass Nectar that I should step into his shoes as the bass music ringleader. To that, I say, fuck no. It's that type of idolization that gives these artists delusions of grandeur and end up feeling free to do whatever they like. I am and will always be your peer on a human level. We are in this together. Artists don't belong on pedestals. On occasion, their work certainly does, but the human is just another bumbling creature trying to work out what the fuck is going on. Don't give these assholes power. Honestly, agree. Completely agree. I, Yeah, again, we're all flawed humans at the end of the day, and you can't, like, I know the whole thing about Base Nectar is, like, people like to say, like, oh, the whole fan base is a cult. The fan base is a community at the end of the day, and, like, knowing friends of mine who were massive fans, like, at the end of the day, they have each other and they have the memories that they've built together and they have the friendships that they've formed and you can't take away those experiences and those memories that they formed together. You guys will always have that. So this is bigger than that. Like keep that going. Like that's the positive side of the community of like the beautiful friendships and things like that that were made around the music. Don't necessarily you can take him out of the situation and still have that with each other. So that won't be taken away from you. But just in these types of situations, like obviously my heart is with some of the victims of this situation and people who were taken advantage of somebody who's in a position of power. So that's all I have to say about the matter. It's a tough thing to address. I'm like uncomfortable talking about it because I don't want to say the wrong thing. But those are just my honest thoughts and opinions on everything that I've personally read so far up until this point. We'll see what the future of Base Nectar holds. But at this point, you know, we just need to move on. So the next few things I just want to talk about, guys, um, two major music festivals had some pretty big announcements. The first one being Imagine Music Festival. You know, I think we all know the writing on the wall at this point, but um, I actually they, they were one of the festivals that I was like, is this actually going to slide through this year? I wasn't sure because for a little while there, the South was starting to open up. Um, but clearly we're seeing things take a turn for the worse. So they announced that they are going to be canceling the festival this year and it will be taking place next year. So if you guys had tickets or anything, check out their website. And the same thing goes for, this one hurts my heart, Electric Zoo. Electric Zoo is like my local festival and I I know we're seeing cancellation left and right. I knew this one was expected. I was literally posting about it on social media that this was going to be the next one. But this one hurt me more than I thought it was. It's I try to go as much as I can. I love it. Again, it's like my local festival and finally hearing them pull the plug on it stung because I just remembered how much fun I had last year and just to think that that won't happen again for at least a year hurt a lot but it is what it is um basically they're saying like in New York they're not going to be allowing certain gatherings through certain amount of people gathering uh through September 30th at this point so that wipes out any large-scale events but it will be taking place next year I believe September 3rd through the 5th so I really recommend it it's an incredible festival you guys um and it will make its return at some point okay last two things My man Jeff, a.k.a. Seven Lions, 
injured himself. We were all very worried about him. Uh, he suffered a back injury, actually, and he was supposed to do um, this whole like live set experience, which I was actually really looking forward to, but he ended up having to cancel it because he injured his back. So he posted in the Codex Facebook group. It's like the official Seven Lions Facebook group. If you guys aren't a part of it yet, you should definitely join. He wrote, hey guys, just got back from the final doctor visit for a while. I have a fracture on my 12 traverse process, so it's basically the little nub off the left part of the vertebrae. It's not that bad at all. Just no heavy lifting or running for six weeks. Working on music and DJing is all good. Since we postponed visions, it's going to take a little while to get these things going again. We were thinking of doing a Sunday brunch of a free soul or a free soul Friday afternoon. Miss hanging out with all of you. Thanks for the well wishes. And thank you so much for your support. It's so appreciated. So yeah, we're still going to have music from him, which is incredible. The man just keeps going. So we'll be looking for all of that. But if you guys are looking forward to visions, it will be coming at a later date uh, after he's able to coordinate all of that together. So I think that's all I have for you guys as far as EDM news. Thank you for sticking with me through all that. Um, Really quickly, let's do song recommendations for the week because we got some bangers this week, you guys. So these are the tracks that I have been absolutely loving. Um, If you're not already following my new Music Friday playlist on Spotify, you totally should be. I update it every Friday morning with the newest releases in dance music. Um... I try to do like a mix of all different types of genres and things like that. So, you know, you can always follow along with that and know it's going to be updated every week. All right. The first song I have is Bijou's new release. It's called Fantasy. It's going to be on his upcoming album, Diamond City, which is out July 31st. I also, spoiler alert, announced that uh, a special guest coming up is going to be Bijou. I just interviewed him this past week coolest experience ever what a nice guy cannot wait for you guys to hear that interview so that will be in a few weeks anyway i had to shout him out again fantasy is a fucking banger super vibey incredible baseline in this it's such like a good dance club track you guys are gonna be like bopping that all summer so very very big fan um he had been playing this in a lot of his live stream sets and he said it was one of the most requested songs like people kept asking him what it was so now you all know it's fantasy All right, um, I've also been really into Dusty Cloud lately, finally on the Dusty Cloud train. Uh, His song, The World Is Yours, 10 out of 10 recommend. It's an Insomniac record song and Mousetrap release. Such a deep, heavy bass house track. Stank Face Central, great vibe to dance to. It's amazing. So that is The World Is Yours by Dusty Cloud. And then last two, my man Seven Lions. Um... His whole album that he just released with all of these remixes. My favorite one was Another Way, the Blank remix. Incredible. Such a nice, like, heavier sound. The drops in it are really awesome. But all the remixes in general, I recommend. There's some, there's one by Delta Heavy, Gabriel and Dresden, Nurko. Recommend all of those. So check out that whole EP of remixes. And then Seven Lions, new song, you guys. Ugh. Hit me right in the feels. It's called Don't Want to Fall. Bitch, it had me crying in the club. Let me just say, what a beautiful song with beautiful drops. It's all your melodic bass vibes, um, which I love that side of Seven Lions when he lets that come out. The lyrics are fantastic. It's getting me in my emo 
kind of feels um yeah so any kind of like if you're not in a relationship right now or you have like an unrequited love or something along those lines guys it's gonna hit you right in the feels so my all my melodic bass fans you guys will love don't want to fall by seven lions all right you beautiful people thank you so so much for listening until the end here i really really hope you enjoyed this episode it was so much fun working on this one again shout out to hira for coming on today's episode Go show her some love and support. Follow at Sunflower Raver on all of her platforms. And lastly, you guys, you know what to do. Uh, screenshot and share. Tag at Rave Culture Cast and at Emma Capotis. That is a massive help, you guys. Telling a friend, spreading the word about the podcast, posting it in one of your Facebook groups. All those things add up. All those things help. So I really appreciate that. Uh, You can rate and review on iTunes, subscribe over on my YouTube channel, and most importantly, join the Facebook group. I would love to have you all there, and we will be planning another Zoom Zoom call, family call in the future, um, hopefully this summer. I would like to do another one. So definitely go join the Facebook group and send in your nominations for Listener of the Week and for your craziest festival stories. Email raveculturecast at gmail.com. All right, that's all I have for you guys. I hope you all have a beautiful week. Enjoy yourselves, stay healthy, wear a mask, and I will see you guys in my next episode. Bye, guys.